Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. No doubt starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for November the 8th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers, one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to the broadcast. As you know, we are a talk show host that is live six days a week, Monday through Saturday. On the Sabbath, we rest. Saturday's broadcast recap starts now. We had on the good sheriff, Richard Mack, of the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association. And the sheriff wants all Americans to understand we need to back our law enforcement. We need a partnership between citizens and local law enforcement, ladies and gentlemen. And one thing we really need to do is realize that, you know what, they want to defund the police. The problem with the police primarily, ladies and gentlemen, is most of them are police chiefs appointed by, yeah, other government officials. What you need is elected sheriffs that aren't appointed, that are elected, because then their boss is the people, not their boss being some other bureaucrat, right? Big, big difference on who they answer to and the response they'll give. Uh, Even elected sheriffs that are not willing to listen to the people ought to be removed from office, folks. Remember who they work for, right? If your sheriff won't pay attention to you, hey, find another sheriff who will. We talked about a sad day. Uh, John Statmiller passed away November the 5th, 2021, after battling a respiratory illness. Rest in peace, Brother John. John made a lot of difference in broadcasting, ladies and gentlemen. Did a lot of good. Made a lot of difference. Stood for the truth to the best of his ability. Used to have a slogan on his network, uh, you know, telling the truth if you can handle it. Amen. He was a truth teller. And thanks for his uh, all of his work. And as far as I understand... Republic Network's in great hands, so you can expect that network to continue, and that is a blessing. We need more of us telling the tale of liberty, not less of us. I'll tell you that right now, ladies and gentlemen. You say, well, Sam, you're from a competing network. You own Liberty News Radio. Sam, you're a competing talk show. They've got talk show hosts on the air same time as you. I know. Don't care. They're good people. They do a good work, and we need more of us, not less of us. That's my only response. I think some people over there are fantastic people, and our prayers are with John's family. What a sad a difficult thing that is. He was a young 74, ladies and gentlemen. That's not very old. Uh, but I know John will be fighting for liberty on the other side. I can tell you that. I believe in the life after. I believe we live again thanks to our Savior, Jesus Christ. I believe John lives again. And I believe he'll continue to fight for the sacred cause of liberty on the other side of the veil with God uh, on our behalf. So that's good news, right? We talked about Senator Rand Paul calling for Anthony Fauci to resign. He needs to be fired or resign. Amen to that. We talked about Nancy Pelosi finally did get her vote on the, quote, trillion-dollar bipartisan infrastructure bill. 228 to 206, six Democrats, 
went with the Republicans to fight against it. 13 Republicans sold us out, and, well, without the 13 Republicans, Nancy would have lost. But, of course, the Republicans, as always, the few in the mix, the dissenters helped the Democrats prevail. The House just passed it. The Senate passed it a couple of months ago. It hits Biden's desk for signage. The debt continues to rise at absolutely scary levels. We also talked about the clock clash, 19 states seeking to make daylight savings time year-round. USA Today, they say a change in federal law would be required. We also talked about Joe Biden tapped Jeff Flake to be ambassador to Turkey, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. The people can't seem to get rid of this guy, can they? Jeff Flake. I thought he was a Republican. I guess not so fast. Uh, In the swamp, ladies and gentlemen, there are no Republicans or Democrats. Did you know that? They're all part of the same bird of prey as Pat Buchanan wisely pointed out years ago, right? Second hour, we talked about the Kimberling City Police Department in Missouri will be left, quote, employless after the staff resigned. The sheriff's office is going to go ahead and take all the calls. Why do we need a police department there? Why do we need an appointed person? Why can't the sheriff just take care of all the responsibilities? We had Richard Mack on, remember, and we talked about that important issue. We ought to just have sheriffs that are elected by the people. We don't need these complicated uh, multi-jurisdictional creations, um, whether they be several cities combining or cities uh, carving out jurisdictional conflicts with the sheriff, etc. We ought to have constitutional county sheriff, folks. If the police lie, should they be held liable? Often the answer is no. Oftentimes federal police officers and agents are all protected. The courts created this doctrine that basically says, hey, they don't have any accountability. They've got, quote, diplomatic immunity, if you will. But if a federal law enforcement officer lies, manipulates witnesses, falsifies evidence, etc., should they be accountable? Should they be liable for damages? See, I think the answer is yes. Richard Mack was with me on this discussion, and he basically said, you know, sometimes we have to, um, you know, say things that aren't exactly accurate to uh, get witnesses to soften up and and answer questions, and uh, it helps us get to the truth. But there's a fine line. When are you lying to get to the truth versus when are you lying to cover your A, cover your derriere? When are you lying to uh, commit another crime, right? Uh, There's a big battle on this. And I think that it should be easily determined when are you working for the police force doing what you've been asked to do? Uh, and when are you going on your own to cover your derriere or cover the police department or <clears throat> break another law? You know, there's a fine line. I think it needs to be a, a case-by-case basis. But I don't think that cops should just flat out have immunity no matter what. You can't touch this mentality. That's a problem for sure. And that's why people are so angry and want to defund the police. There needs to be a balance. And police cannot be above the law either. We also talked about the Supreme Court just abandoned the Constitution. The Supreme Court authorized Joe Biden of the deep state to terrorize the American people, ladies and gentlemen. This means the FISA court will continue with unlimited power and virtually no accountability. That's what's going on. Ocasio-Cortez says Democrats lost Virginia because they were not far left enough. Wow. I don't think the American people see it that way. Hashtag do not comply. Yeah, Daily Wire is suing, challenging Joe Biden's vax mandate. Ron DeSantis highlights the reality that OSHA rule 
created under the, quote, guise of emergency power. So Ron DeSantis announces lawsuit against the Biden administration over the OSHA vaccine mandate. I agree. What is this emergency powers? They've left emergency powers in place for decades, unwarranted, by the way. And that's what gives them the ability to simply jettison the Constitution whenever the need arises, if you will. Whenever, quote, expediency calls for it, you might say. It's a shame, ladies and gentlemen, an absolute shame. We talked about Ron DeSantis offers cops 500, no, $5,000 bonus to relocate to Florida. He says, cops, they may not want you in your area, but we want police in our area. You get a $5,000 signing bonus. You move to Florida and work for the police departments. You know what? I think that's um, uh, shocking. I don't want a ton more police. I just want more accountable police. I want police that develop relationships with the citizenry. Los Angeles County Sheriff Alex Villanueva doubled down on his refusal to enforce vaccine mandates, warning that he won't have enough police officers to take care of business and keep the citizenry safe if they go ahead with that. Good for Alex. Pfizer's COVID vaccine is now available under emergency use status for kids. Will schools require vaccines now and vaccine status? Well, I got a question. I thought that they told us a couple of months ago that the Pfizer vaccine wasn't under emergency youth authorization anymore. It was just literally approved. If that's the case, then why do we have to have emergency use status for kids, huh? By the way, are you ready for the coming everything shortage? It's coming. The coming everything shortage. Very scary. Uh, But you can see it as they go ahead and just trash the economy at every turn. Inflation out of control. Vaccination mandates, getting folks to quit everywhere. Just disaster in the workforce, disaster for the economy. But Joe's completely oblivious, isn't he? Trucking groups, by the way, could lose 37% of drivers over Biden vaccine mandate. Worsening supply chain crisis is what it's being called. But ladies and gentlemen, understand this. Understand this very clearly. We've already got a massive trucker shortage. That's why we have the problems we have now. And now they're going to add insult to injury and make it much worse with a vaccine mandate. Challenge it. Stand against it at every turn would be my recommendation. Small businesses, you're in the crosshairs next as well. Beware. Cameras in the classroom nationwide. That's the initiative they're trying to launch. Cameras They say, hey, the bad news is, you know, your government schools are out of control. Uh, What we need is classrooms creating accountability by putting cameras in them. I say that couldn't be further from the truth. Do we want 1984 monitor everybody all the time nation? I think not. The answer, ladies and gentlemen, is to take your kids out of a place that you don't trust in the first place. If you can't trust what's going to be happening in that school, then take your kids out. Don't rely on a camera. Don't teach your children to be surveilled everywhere they go, everything they do. That is disaster. All right, there you have it. That's a recap of the broadcast that took place on Saturday. Sam Bushman and the good sheriff, Richard Mack, together on your radio. News Tonight was refused to use starts now, or I should say in seconds, with our good buddy from Campaign for Liberty, campaignforliberty.org, Lowell Nelson on your radio. Is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? 
Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. Scott Bradley here. Most Americans are painfully aware that the nation is on the wrong track and in dire straits. Unfortunately, most political pundits only nibble around the edges when they claim to address the issues. Even worse, many of the so-called solutions are simply rewarmed servings of what got us into the mess we currently face. And the politicians think we're so gullible and naive that we'll buy their lies that they have reformed and now understand where they led us astray. Unfortunately, the truth of the matter is that they simply wish to continue to hold power. The solution to America's challenges is found in returning to the timeless principles found in the United States Constitution. My book and lecture series will reawaken in Americans an understanding and love of the principles which made this nation the freest, most prosperous, happiest, and most respected nation on earth. Visit topreservethenation.com and order my book and lectures to begin the restoration of this great nation. All right. Happy to have you along. Sam Bushman on your radio, ladies and gentlemen. Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org, joins me now. Welcome to the broadcast, sir. Oh, good. Uh, well, thanks for having me, Sam. It's good to be with you. Speaking of sheriffs, uh, on Friday night, you guys had the well-known Highland meeting. Usually uh, pulls a chunk of people every month. And I guess as far as I understand, Utah County Sheriff Mike Smith uh, speaks at the Highland meeting this time, huh? He sure did, Sam. I hosted the meeting. There were about 75 people in attendance, which is an excellent crowd. Um, he gave an informative presentation, answered questions throughout it. Uh, and of course, after the presentation, he did Q&A. It went all the way to 9 o'clock, so from 7 to 9, basically, two hours with the good sheriff. And so it was helpful. It was informative. Um, some of the things he said, I, I, I just made a few mental notes as he went uh, along. Uh, he has a big office, second largest in the state. There's nearly a thousand people, uh, you know, in the sheriff's office. If you count all the staff, the deputies, and the volunteers, there's over 100 volunteers. You know, a lot of them in the search and rescue that, that uh, donate their own time and and now let's materials. be clear before you go on. It's a county mm-hmm. of about 750,000 people, just to put it in perspective. Well, uh, yes, thank you very much. And, and most of the county is occupied by municipalities. Uh, there's the unincorporated area of our county, uh, not even 9,500 people. So, but there's a lot of, lot, you know, a lot of uh, canyon area in the unincorporated area of the county, like American Fork Canyon, which has over a million visitors that go up American Fork Canyon each year. So they, 
they patrol that canyon as, as they as as do the other canyons in the county to minimize crimes there. Uh, lots of reports, you know, when when they don't when they don't patrol those areas, then they get a lot of re, uh, crime reports, theft, car burglaries, uh, criminal mischief, lewdness, and stuff. And so uh, even transient camps pop up, and so they um, they patrol those canyons to and, and help you know keep the people safe. Uh, they established cell service in American Fort Canyon because they, they wanted to be able to, to get emergency calls out. And so they're far more possible now than ever before with those cell towers up up and down the canyon. So that's nice. Um, they, um, he, he acknowledged that the people are his boss, uh, meaning he's elected by the people. He's, he's not a, uh, you know, he's not accountable. He doesn't answer to anybody but the people who elected them. Um, he asked his deputies spend at least 20 minutes each shift interacting with people, talking with them, helping them change the tire, whatever. And um, so that's, that's cool. You know, that's kind of along the lines you were just saying, know your sheriff and, and you know, be good friends with him and, and so forth. So that's, that's helpful. Um, he has a firearms training class for teachers in our school. And um, it's very full. It's always full, he says. About the moment he thinks there's room for others, it just fills up. I mean, very popular class. Um, citizens are invited to the Thistle Gun Range on Friday nights and Saturdays. Uh, very popular gun range up there near the town of Thistle. Um, the Gel Industries program is very popular. Inmates grow thousands of pounds of, tens of thousands of pounds of food each summer, and they eat much of it. They also prepare the Meals on Wheels uh, meals in the county. I didn't know that. Um, uh, tens of thousands of meals on wheels are prepared every year, and that's done at the kitchen and at the prison. Um, there's a popular program called Leash on Life, where inmates get to work with dogs. They befriend the dogs. They train the dogs. Very, very popular. Um, inmates get to get out and work with the animals. Um, he said COVID did not have a big impact on the jail because the jail is very clean. In other words, they don't have to. They didn't release inmates like so many other places around the country did um, for their safety because inmates were actually safer inside the jail. <laughs> so that was a pleasant surprise, I guess. Um, uh, organized crime is in Utah County, uh, but the sheriff's office tries to make it as hard on them as possible because organized crime is comprised of businessmen, and businessmen follow the path of least cost, least resistance. Um, the sheriff did note that there's a soft on crime attitude that seems to be gaining momentum in the county, uh, but he and other sheriffs are trying to maintain a tough on crime attitude, even though the courts sometimes release people who shouldn't be on the streets. Average stay in the county jail, he said, is about four or five months. Um, and they have a police or a fire department, uh, firefighters who work uh, here in the county. Um, especially during the fire season, they hire a lot of temps to do that. And when the temps are not working on fires within the county, they go outside the other states and work. And that happens to bring in a lot of money to the county when our firefighters have the chance to go and work fires in other states, other areas. Somebody asked him if he's a member of the CSPOA. Uh, he answered that he is not, unfortunately, said he doesn't agree with some of their methods. He didn't really want to discuss it in public, but I kind of think, Sam, he'd be willing to discuss it 
in private. We will see. We need to look for, and I will look for opportunities to visit with him about that. But anyway, bottom line, Sam, we appreciated the sheriff and his wife spending the evening with us. Got to know him better. He got to know us better. He complimented us for having the meeting and said he wished that other communities would do this kind of thing more often, too. So that's the, the report of the Highland meeting last Friday evening, Sam. Very productive, very informative. Mike Smith, ladies and gentlemen, Sheriff of Utah County, Utah. Now, I've dealt with Mike just a little bit. <clears throat> I personally do not believe he's a constitutional sheriff. I know that he would say that he is. Uh, and I'm certainly willing to meet with him uh, to work on that. I know Richard Mack has sat down, sat down with the sheriff a couple of times. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's a history uh, in our county that's quite interesting, Lowell, that you may not be aware of that I think is really worthy of, of covering. Uh, mm-hmm. Richard Mack came to Utah after being Graham County Sheriff, came to Utah and ran for sheriff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and literally they uh, created a raid on Sheriff Mack's candidacy office or campaign office right before the election uh and we believe that that was really full of nothing but um well election fraud is the only way i know to call it it was election tampering it was manipulating the public's view it was all in the news da, da, da. anyway nothing ever came of the raid because richard mack didn't do anything wrong but there were allegations there was a raid it was out of control again they say there's no election fraud but you see all the time whenever a candidate really has a chance to make a difference or really has a chance to go somewhere uh, it gets shattered by allegations or this or that or whatever. Well, a similar thing happened there. And um, so Mike Smith is aware of that and, and some of the um, uh, officers and people that were involved in that back in the day, um, you know, have kind of tainted that department against Richard Mack saying, yeah, this guy was a problem. But the truth is there was there was nothing. Richard Mack was guilty of nothing. It reminds me of Ammon Bundy serving for two years in prison. And at the end of it, the judge is like, hey, <laughs> um, there is serious problems here. The um, mm-hmm. the uh, FBI withheld exculpatory evidence, this, 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 and the judge was incensed, even in the Ammon Bundy case, for instance. Now, of course, nobody was accountable in Ammon Bundy's case either. No one was accountable in Sheriff Mack's example uh, either, but this is kind of what goes on. And so it's going to be really tough uh, to discuss the CSPOA with the county sheriff as it currently stands. Uh, I hope we can. I hope he'll listen. Uh, I think there's a lot of misconceptions uh, between the CSPOA and a lot of sheriffs in Utah. For example, there's 29 sheriffs in Utah. Uh, not a single one uh, is a member of or willing to even work with the CSPOA these days. Uh, and I find that very interesting since they came out and said, hey, 28 of the 29 sheriffs stand against Barack Obama and now Joe Biden, if you will, on gun control. Uh, so, But I, I believe that there's some fundamental differences. Of, and the debate really comes down to what is a constitutional sheriff. Does the sheriff's office precede the Utah State Constitution, or does the Utah State Constitution give the Utah sheriff authority to exist? And my response is, it doesn't matter. That's a debate we can have. Meantime, though, there is an oath of office. And when the sheriff swears an oath to the supreme law of the land and the Constitution, is that subject to whatever the whims of the courts are? If that's true, then Richard Mack should have lost at the Supreme Court. But no, Richard Mack won at the Supreme Court. And Antonin Scalia and other leading court justices uh, in that decision basically said there's dual sovereignties. The states are not subject to the federal government at every whim. They're not subject to unfunded mandates. They're not subject to. And so there is a point to be made about the oath of office and uh, the obligation to keep that oath and 
even when the courts rule on something, that doesn't make them constitutionally correct. There are checks and balances in this republic. Uh, There's another misconception that we at the CSPOA or the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association that we think the sheriff is above everybody. We don't think that at all. We just think the sheriff is living under his privilege. In other words, the sheriff has a lot more authority and power as the executive branch than he thinks he does. And standing for the people and with the Constitution is the answer. There are checks and balances. There's the same three branches of government on the federal level, judicial, legislative, and executive that exist at the county level. So we don't believe the sheriff to be a dictator or above the law by any means. But that is another misconception. We'll return, Lowell will respond, and we got a lot more news the network refused to use where that came from. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pry. New unemployment numbers from the Labor Department were just released. The number of Americans seeking first-time jobless benefits dropped again last week. Initial filings for unemployment benefits seen as a proxy for layoffs fell to 269,000. That's down 14,000 from the prior week's level. The Occupational Safety and Hazard Administration, or OSHA, is giving employers with more than 100 employees a January 4th deadline to comply with President Biden's COVID-19 vaccine mandate and threatening thousands of dollars in fines for defiant businesses. Considering an airborne virus outside of a hospital environment a work hazard is a first for the agency. Separate from OSHA, the Center for Medicaid and Medicare Services are issuing a rule to require health workers in facilities that participate in Medicare and Medicaid be fully vaccinated. The CMS rule also goes into effect January 4th. This is USA Radio News. With confusion around vaccinations, masks, and public screenings, it's important to know the symptoms of COVID and its variants. Fever is the leading sign, so make sure to use an accurate thermometer for your family. Only the Exergen Temporal Scanner Thermometer has been proven accurate with more than 100 clinical studies. Non-contact thermometers have no clinical evidence behind them and cannot be relied on. Be vigilant and be accurate with Exergen. Learn more at Exergen.com. Exergen is changing the way the world takes temperature. From city streets to back roads. From road warrior to carpooler. There are some things you can always count on. Like the reliability, durability, and power of Die Hard. America's most trusted auto battery. No matter where your journey takes you, count on Die Hard to get you started on the road ahead. Available at your local Advance Auto Parts and participating CarQuest stores. Although a recount has been requested... It looks as if the governor's mansion in New Jersey will not have a new occupant. Thank you, New Jersey! No, that's not Bruce Springsteen, but it is the newly re-elected New Jersey governor, Democrat Phil Murphy, celebrating last night after Tuesday's election results finally came into focus. It appears he has won with a lead of under 20,000 votes over the Republican challenger, Jack Chitterelli, a New Jersey assembly member. Governor Murphy celebrating... The first Democratic governor re-elected in the great state of In the New England Bureau of USA Radio News, I'm Chris Barnes. The company Smartmatic filed separate defamation lawsuits against Newsmax and One America News Network Wednesday. 
accusing the networks of knowingly peddling disinformation about its voting technology during the 2020 presidential election. They say a disinformation campaign harms Smartmatic's business model. USA Radio News. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org on your radio. So, anyway, those are some of my thoughts. I think we should certainly try to meet with the sheriff in private. Uh, Lowell, I don't know who would want to go, but I'd be willing to go and, and see what we can do uh, to help as well. And maybe we can uh, jettison some of the misconceptions that are going on. That would be very helpful uh, in my view. Also, I kind of thought maybe, Lowell, you want to reach out to the sheriff? Uh, we'd love to have him on the radio with us one of these hours. Okay, I'll make that. I'll add that to my thank you note to him. Um, invite him to to be on with you. I think that'd be a great idea. Yeah, but I'm on. Yeah, I yeah. want him on with you too, though. I, w- I want him to be on with both of us. Oh, okay. Yeah, like on a Monday morning. Yeah, we could do that. Roger I'll that. Uh, yes, I'll sir. invite him. Okay, we should. And by the way, any, Sam, any final thoughts? Yeah, yeah. It was uh, just one, and that is that uh, I was uh, pleasantly surprised and happified because I wasn't the one asking. Are you a member of the CSPOA? There were probably half a dozen, maybe a full, I don't know, maybe 10 or 20 people there who were very familiar with the CSPOA, and they are the ones who asked the question. They're the ones who wanted him, you know, to, to, to be a member. So, I mean, we're talking a lot of, quite a few people there at the meeting um, were, were the ones pushing to have him be part of the CSPOA, not, not just me. <laughs> so I found that quite encouraging. Amen to that. Love it. All right, uh, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. And all government control of our health care. The Republicans talked about that forever, but never really hit Peter, huh, Lowell? That's for sure. Ron Paul's uh, message uh, last week was, was beware of the patient identifier, unique patient identifier. He actually was instrumental in 1998 putting into law um, something that prohibited this general government from using unique patient identifiers. Just basically it's a numbering system, a way to identify everybody. So that your medical, you know, private medical information history can can be tracked by government, and uh, and so Congress seems to be on the verge of of allowing that, you know, wiping out that old law and allowing, uh, you know, unique patient identifiers, which is bad news, Sam, because it would create a caste system. It would enable medical, you know, it would enable government officials, employers, schools, airlines, stores, and restaurants. To know what, if any, vaccinations or other medical treatments you have or have not received, and uh, those who refuse to follow the mandates, for example, or the advice of these so-called experts, you might be denied opportunity to work, receive an education, or even go to church or enjoy a night out on the town. So it's just another tyrannical control. These unique patient identifiers, and Ron Paul is speaking out against it. Now, as he has done for you know, the past 20 years, 30 years, and uh, the bottom line, Sam, is we, we need to end government control of our health care. Who, who gave them authority for my health? I mean, why are they even interested? Well, I kind of think it's because they're subsidizing health care and they want to minimize costs. But in my opinion, my view, Sam, government should not even be involved in health care at all. So... Independent thinking Americans, let's take full responsibility for our own health, right? Let's not seek help from the government. Let's stand independent of big medicine, big pharma. The less we have to depend on them, the better, Sam. That's my position. 
Amen to that, Lowell. And I think it's very uh, interesting, too, to consider that, you know what? Government always begats more government. And this is something really to kind of understand. Uh, the reason that government is involved in the healthcare care in the beginning, if you understand the origins of after World War II, uh, they put a lock on people's pay. You know what? They didn't let the supply and demand work. And when they put a lock on people's pay, then businesses started thinking of other ways they could kind of reward their employees. One of them became kind of health care. And that's how health care kind of started with government manipulation of the free market. And then, hey, got to have a, another answer. So then government came up with that answer. The Republicans have been just as involved in selling us down the river on health care and getting government involved as the Democrats. The first state in the union under, sadly, our current senator's tutelage as governor, Mitt Romney, uh, in Massachusetts, that it, it could be called Romney care as much as Obamacare, for that matter, or Hillary care, or et cetera. Uh, and the Republicans could have got rid of it. They voted a gazillion times to get rid of uh, Obamacare, for instance, um, when they didn't have control. But the second they got control, magically nobody wanted to vote for it anymore, and it failed. And then the courts betrayed us, and Congress didn't jealously guard their authority to legislate, so the courts just uh, upheld it. And we go round and round. But I want to be very clear. Republicans have been just as guilty as Democrats on that front, Lowell. Mm, I, I believe you. All right. Sad tale to tell. All right. Hit it, Cam. Dead puppies. Dead puppies. Dead puppies aren't much fun. All right. Fade it out, but keep it alive. There you go, Cameron. Right there. It's perfect. Low, what do you say? Dead puppies, huh? Yeah, Sam, I was not aware of this story until yesterday. There's something called BeagleGate going on, and uh, taxpayer-funded research into drug tests and experimentation right, on, on puppies. <laughs> Beagles. I just had to play that song there, Lol, to, to kind of uh, highlight what's going on here. Fa- yeah. Fauci and crew, literally, it's called BeagleGate now, right? Yeah. Yeah, it surprised me, but I studied, looked at a story in uh, Fulcrum.com, uh, Fulcrum7.com yesterday. And, um, you know, Fauci's uh, NIAID organization spent $1.68 million in taxpayer funds on drug tests involving 44 beagle puppies. Uh, researchers reportedly locked the dogs in cages with hungry sand flies so that the insects could eat them alive. I saw pictures of this, Sam, yesterday, and the, the heads were locked in, in, in glass uh, boxes, basically, so that the dogs couldn't um, brush the flies off, and they, they used sand flies just ate them alive. They, they filled them, you know, and they, they put experimental drugs in the, in, the, in the puppies and then subject them to the sand flies, and then they would, uh, you know, cut open the the puppies afterwards and inspect them and i don't know it's just it's just reprehensible use uh it, it's reprehensible what they're doing they're, these torturous experiments they also in 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 at least one situation cut out the vocal cords of the pu- beagle puppies so that the experimenters didn't have to listen to the pain painful cries the barking and and so forth of the puppies undergoing this torture um so I don't know, Sam. It, but ladies and gentlemen, pretty... this this on the on the back of Torture Gate with George Bush and and, and, and all these people, uh, Barack Obama involved in, in in some of the Torture Gate that took place in the wake of nine eleven, etc. You know, we torture people and animals in America and pretend it's the moral high ground. 
It's a lie, ladies and gentlemen. And the fact is we need to fire Fauci now. Senator Rand Paul, Dr. Fauci needs to resign or be fired now. And I couldn't say that more strongly, Lowell, for the reasons that you just highlight. Who is this monster? Yeah, I totally agree. I I wish he would just uh, resign today. I think he also needs to be indicted for criminal activity for what he has done. He has unleashed on the world this killer COVID and uh, the the government lockdown in response to it, and now the vaccine in response to that, the bioweapon. I mean, experimenting, I mean, basically this gain-of-function research that he helped to fund and direct the money for, I mean, that, that is basically combining uh, viruses, pathogens, in a way to, to create something worse than ever before, worse than even nature could produce and, and unleash it on people and, you know, see how they can, you know, uh, well, yeah, see how they can make money off of the vaccines for it. The vaccines aren't being effective either, but anyway, it's just, it's just terrible, Sam, and, and I wish he was locked up. All right, but based on Fauci's, uh, quote, professionalism, uh, that's what's leading Biden to create this OSHA scandal in the first place to uh, force vaccinations on us all, Lowell. Yeah, just last week, Sam, November 4th, that was the big day when OSHA issued their emergency temporary standard called an ETS, uh, giving employers with more than 100 employees until January 4th to comply with the Biden's COVID vaccine mandate. This mandate covers more than 84 million workers and two-thirds of the nation's private sector workforce. The 490-page rule, which was published in the Federal Register on November 5th, that was Friday, says in part, quote, covered employers must develop, implement, and enforce a mandatory COVID-19 vaccination policy with an exception for employers that instead adopt a policy requiring employees to either get vaccinated or elect to undergo regular COVID-19 testing and and wear a face covering at work in lieu of vaccination, end of quote. But let me just stop you there and say this testing isn't sustainable. It's too expensive. There's not enough tests out there. Uh, We've literally doubled down with everything against the people. But we haven't developed any real testing. Testing isn't reliable. Testing isn't available. Testing is very difficult and time-consuming. It's costly. So that's not really an option. They say that it is so that they can pretend it's not a mandate. But the fact is, testing on a consistent basis is not really a viable, realistic option. And everybody knows it. Quick pause. Lil Nelson continues. In seconds, you are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way. But actually, gold is 
money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into mommy and daddy's bank account because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. OSHA gives workers till January 4th to comply with Joe Biden's COVID vaccine mandate. They're doing it under the emergency guise of emergency. Ron DeSantis of Florida, governor, calls him out on that lie. But ladies and gentlemen, good news so far on this, at least. Somebody's fighting back. A stay granted by a federal appeals court in Louisiana temporarily blocked Joe Biden's coronavirus vaccine mandate. That's good news, folks. They say it's in a sign that the Biden administration may face an uphill battle over this thing. Lol. Yeah, that's true. And uh, while I, uh, I think the better course for a state to take is simply to nullify the, the federal edict rather than suing in federal court. Uh, because if you sue in federal court in the federal court, you know, it's, it's like asking the fox, uh, you know, uh, to guard the hen house. Um, then the federal court might very well rule against you, and then and then what recourse do you have, right? I mean, so I think I think it'd be just take the shortcut and and as a state and and nullify the rule um, in the state, interpose on behalf of your citizens, arrest the OSHA agents who attempt to enforce the rule, and there'd be a quick end, you know. Uh, to, and by the way, to that's the, what Richard Mack went at the Supreme Court was all about—the greatest Tenth Amendment decision ever rendered, Lowell. So that's something really mm-hmm. to consider. But Tennessee is kind of one of the states leading the way to make your point. Yeah, that's right, Sam. Exactly right. They um, they passed this measure last uh, last week, and uh, it's simply waiting the signature of the governor, Bill Lee. Uh, among other things, the bill prohibits discrimination based on vaccination status. You know that list of of things where you can't discriminate based on sex or race or. Uh, color to your skin and stuff. Well, they simply added vaccination status to that list. And uh, so, in other words, uh, you can't discriminate based on, you know, whether you've been vaxxed or not. It's a, it's a very simple and easy way to to take uh, vaccination status out of the picture. Um, uh, this uh, bill w- allows employees to sue the employer if the employer requires employees to get vaccinated and, they, and was injured by it. That's another great check, a great break on things. I mean, if you if you require your employees to get injured, I mean, to get vaccinated, and then they get injured, 
and you have to bear the cost of that, that was really going to hurt employers, and so the employers thereby would be less likely to require the vaccination of their employees. So I, I view that as a great step, too. Another thing so the bill Tennessee, does... Tennessee pre- making a difference, ladies and gentlemen, lol. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I... I you, and, you know, another thing they said, hospitals must allow a loved one to see a dying patient before they die. I mean, just common sense stuff here, Sam. And I applaud Tennessee for doing that. I, I emailed this article to my state legislators yesterday and asked them to do this for Utah. And by the way, they have a hearing tomorrow um, up at the Capitol, 1.45 p.m., and we're inviting everybody to be there and testify in behalf of uh, a measure to prohibit vaccine mandate right here in the state of Utah. So maybe Utah will be the second state of the union to do something like Tennessee. But I applaud Tennessee for leading out on this and uh, basically nullifying the vaccine mandate in the state of Tennessee, Sam. They also protect doctors who speak out against the shots, right? That's right, yeah. A doctor could make professional recommendation on the, on the COVID-19 treatment and mitigation efforts or prevention you know, right now, doctors who do that, they, they run the risk of losing their license before their state medical board because it's not the approved protocol, the so-called, you know, quote-unquote approved protocol, which came from NIH, right, came from uh, Fauci's organization. Well, it turns out that doctors all over the nation, all over the country and beyond, are uh, promulgating protocols which actually work, which save people's lives. There's a clinic in Oklahoma that worked with over 2,700 people, not a single death. And these are people who came from hospitals where they were losing their lives. Their, their lives were waning, you know, just disappearing. And they, went, they, they now go to these other clinics and they follow a, a life-saving protocol uh, pr- promulgated by these alternative medicine practitioners who, who, have, who, who you know, run the risk of losing their licenses, and they actually save their lives. So it's a great benefit. It's a great protection for doctors who actually want to work in defense of their, the lives of their patients, Sam. Now, the Attorney General of Utah did uh, add and sue the Biden administration over this, too. So Utah's doing something, but certainly not enough at this point. Florida, Ron DeSantis. Uh, working on more of the nullify now plan. I think that's a much better plan than suing the administration. Uh, but Florida and Ron DeSantis saying, hey, you can't force vaccinations in our state. Greg Abbott talking about that as well. And Texas is doing a little bit more, a little bit more on this front too, Lowell. That's right. I've been uh, happy. I think Greg uh, saw what DeSantis was doing, and he, and he thought, well, I, if Florida can do it, Texas can do it too. So, you know, uh, regardless of the motivation, I'm happy to see them taking this stand. The more states that do it, the better. Just like uh, medical cannabis, the use of medical cannabis, that is prohibited by federal law, but over 35 states have legalized the use of medical cannabis in their states. They have effectively nullified that federal law. And that was even something passed by Congress. That's not merely an edict or an executive order from the president, not merely a rule from a regulatory agency like OSHA. That was a a law passed by Congress, and yet over 35 states have nullified that law. So it's within the power, within the authority of the states to do that, and I would like to see states uh, like Tennessee and like hopefully Utah will do, nullify the vaccine mandate within the borders of their states, Sam. 
I really want to commend uh, Texas uh, and Tennessee and Florida because these are states that understand that, you know what, it's about we will not comply. You know what, we're going to nullify now. We're simply saying that's not happening in our states. And uh, there's not enough yet, but the groundswell is uh, growing. And we will not comply is important. There is a, a serious concern that I want to bring up, Lowell, to you because it's shocking and scary. You know, we compare a Biden's abuse to Hitler, and people mock us and say, that's just way, you built a bridge too far, Sam. That's not even correct. That's just crazy. They did that against Trump as well. But here's the latest one. A study published by Qualtrics, a well-known polling organization, reports that over half of employees would report a coworker for violating vaccine mandates. USA Today with that piece they say half, over half of employees would rat on their employer or their colleagues or whatever else if they didn't carry out the vaccine mandates as Biden has prescribed them. Uh, the rat on your neighbor plan is really Hitler-esque. The idea that, you know, don't you dare uh, not comply because otherwise you'll be ratted on and turned in by your neighbor and discovered and reported. And now the whole plan of OSHA on this is really the rat on your neighbor plan they're rolling out to try to use the citizens against one another. This will create a very, very chilling reality when it comes to liberty uh, and freedom and, and et cetera. Very serious, Lowell. You're right, Sam. It reminds me of a book I read in, uh, in my uh, first year university called um, Obedience to Authority by Stanley Milgram, where they did experiments uh, with, with actors who were faking, but uh, basically that you would walk a citizen into a a laboratory and you would instruct the citizen that he's going to help with some experimentation. And they have somebody who's, uh, you know, guilty of some crime in the other room, and your job is to uh, increase the voltage that's being administered, the shock that's going to be administered to this uh, prisoner. And um, and so you you know you're instructed to crank it up to you know 50 volts and then 100 volts and then 200 volts and and each time the actor in the adjoining room whom you can't see but you can hear is just screaming in pain when you push the button and um, and and it turns out that with when you when when most citizens who were participating in this study you know when a, a man in a white lab coat instructs them to increase the torture uh, that they're administering uh, to a fellow citizen, you know, even though he's allegedly uh, a convicted felon, um, they would do it. The citizens would do that. There are very few citizens who refuse to participate in the torture of their of their fellow man. And that's a truly a shocking book. It will certainly open my eyes, Sam, Obedience to Authority by Stanley Milgram. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know how to respond to this, but OSHA is looking for snitches to enforce its VAX mandate. OSHA plan depends on Karens and snitches, lol. Yeah, it's bad news, Sam, because it's going to pit citizens against one another. It's another divisive measure. It's another way to uh, destroy the unity that we feel, the, the filial relationships that exist among citizens in a community. And uh, it's, it's, it's going to destroy the, the unity of businesses. It'll make them less productive. 
It'll hurt communities. It'll make everybody um, paranoid about one another, and it's just another way to break down our society as part of the Marxist ideology, break down society and replace it with, with a, a, total, a total tyranny, basically, is what it's going to do. It's, it's part of their game plan, Sam, and we must uh, resist uh, doing that. You know, as citizens, as businesses, we, 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 can't, we can't fall into that trap, Sam. It's bad news. OSHA is looking for snitches to enforce vax mandate. OSHA plan for vaccine enforcement depends on Karens and snitches. And then you read that according to the study by Qualtrics, they run all this by studies. Qualtrics says, hey, over 50% of the people are going to rat on their neighbor. I pray that Americans wake up quick on this one, Lowell. That's my only last comment on this. Wake up quickly, ladies and gentlemen. Ratting on your neighbor in a Hitler-esque uh, side with the government against the citizenry is disaster. Uh, and it, Amen. I'm telling you right now, you want to divide Americans, that's how you do it. Yep. You're exactly right, Sam. It's been Pray hard, the... ladies and gentlemen. Turn to God. <laughs> and uh, look, Joe Biden has no authority. It's under emergency powers. We don't need emergency powers right now. That's a farce as well. Ron DeSantis called out Biden on that. We need the checks and balances to stand up here. Uh, we need Congress to guard their power jealously and say, uh-uh, Biden, no. We need the states to nullify now and say, uh-uh, federal government, no. There's a lot of checks and balances that are being ignored now, but that is the key to success to stop Joe Biden's belligerence uh, in, his, in, in my opinion, in, his, in insurrection against the people. Remember, these vaccines are experimental. And if they say, oh, no, Sam, they've been approved, then why do they just authorize under emergency authorization for children? If it's an approved vaccine, you don't need an emergency authorization for children, do you, Lowell? So people are lying, and they're getting caught lying. Yeah, you're exactly right, Sam. In fact, the trials for these vaccines don't even end. The first one ends in, in next year, in 22. The last one ends in 23. That's the clinical trials for these vaccines don't even end until next year and the year after. So uh, they are not approved, <laughs> Sam. <laughs> and and there, there, there's one other way we can, re- we can uh, avoid the federal mandates, and that's by rejecting federal money. As uh, there's over 60 cities in Texas who have rejected the federal money doled out for the COVID pandemic. And by rejecting the money, they also reject the strings that are attached to that money. Great way to nullify uh, the act is simply don't accept the federal money so you don't have to dance to the Piper's tune. Sam? Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org. Thank you so much. You do a phenomenal job. God bless you, sir. And amen to nullify now. Amen to not taking the money, and amen to the proper checks and balances that made this country great, ladies and gentlemen. We should use them all as we the people to stand up for God-given inalienable rights, and we need to do it now. God save the Republic of the United States of America. Atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, continues now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for November the 8th in the year of our Lord, 2021. 
This is our two of two, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide. We're grateful for the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers. One of the great peaceful restorative solutions we still have at our fingertips. And as you know, we reject revolution. We pan, we, we stand for peaceful restoration of the con- greatest country on the face of the earth. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got a very interesting guest now. He had me on his show Saturday evening, and I wanted to reciprocate and have him on our show today. His name is Stuart Howell, and he's the host of the White Rose Resistance Hour on RepublicBroadcasting.org. It's an award-winning broadcast every Saturday evening, or I should say afternoon, really, uh, four in the afternoon uh, Central Time. No, 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 let me start over. Six in the afternoon Central Time, uh, five Mountain Time. And uh, anyway, it's a, just a phenomenal show uh, and really focuses on some of the key principles that America needs to fight for. Uh, And Stuart has a fascinating story about who he is and what he's done, how he got into the sacred cause of liberty and more. Stuart, welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. Hey, thank you, Sam. Thanks for having me on. It's a a privilege and an honor to be on the show with you. All right, let's catch us up on you. You grew up in, uh, what, California? Yeah, Southern California, Venice Beach. They used to call it Dogtown back when I was coming up during that era. Absolutely. And then uh, what'd you do? You made a living, and, and life just went on peacefully at first, right? You know, you know, all I wanted to do was surf and party, and uh, you know, meet girls, and that was great for a while. I worked in a lot of restaurants, and you know, everything around the beach, surfing culture. I was in the ocean every every morning that the surf was good uh, at dawn, and that was great. And then I decided I wanted to make more money, and I had bought a little Toyota pickup truck, and I loved it. And uh, the guy that told me. Uh, how much he made when I bought it, the salesman I bought it from. I thought, oh, my God, that's 10 times the money I'm making. This was back in, in the early 80s, and the guy was making over $10,000 a month. So I thought, I can sell these Toyotas. It's a good product. So I went and I did that, and then I ended up buying a Porsche, and I went to Beverly Hills Porsche, and I started seeing the dark, seedy side of the moneyed world. And uh, everything was moving along rather smoothly until 9-11. And that was a big slap in the face and a wake-up call and kind of uh, shook me out of my slumber. I just didn't ever want to have anything to do with organized religion, politics, you know, any of the establishment stuff. But once I saw the machinations and the con artistry of uh, media and government after 9-11, it just it really upset me and made me feel like I had to do something about that. You know, that's when a lot of people uh, got woke up. And I hate to use the woke term now because, they've again, they take every <laughs> single word we use. You know, gay used to mean happy, and now look at it. And you say, yeah. hey, you woke up, and now woke uh, means that you're flat out a socialist or a communist uh, or whatever. Um, so it's very difficult to know what words to use these days. But you kind of got an understanding that, hey, there is a deep state. There is a criminal enterprise. Uh, And they literally control the big money spheres uh, in America and around the world. Uh, They also control the outcome of most false flag operations. And they use the Hegelian dialectic to always propagate for more government. Is that what you discovered? Absolutely. Absolutely. Problem, reaction, solution. Yes, indeed. Uh, The Hegelian dialectic. I 
I started learning about it, and pieces starting to fit started to fit together about how large the the myriad of deceptions were. And if you can picture a skydiver, uh, you know, head down trying to gain as much speed, you know, plummeting, rocketing towards Earth. That was me in the rabbit hole for, you know, 10 years. Uh, I just became voracious about learning about what was going on in the world and learning discernment, learning how to triangulate a position of understanding uh, based on, uh, you know, learning, you know, who had conflicts of interest when reporting stories, who has something to gain from not being honest, and maybe more importantly, learning to sniff out those people like yourself that are just passionate about being decent and honest and getting to the bottom of things and sharing that. And that, it's just been a wild ride for 15, 18 years of learning more and more uh, about how many good people there are out there uh, versus this other, almost a separate type of human being on the planet that is really satanic in nature, I've come to understand. And is all about uh, dishonesty and uh, you know bettering themselves at the expense of others and the need to dominate and control and deceive, and it's just been an incredible, incredible journey, absolutely astonishing. All right, let's talk about the beginning because as you woke up after 9/11, uh, one of the things that you uh, got a name for is your incredible work with, and you mentioned that, and that's why I asked you kind of you grew up in California. Because you were known for Stuart How We Are Change L.A. That's maybe if you've heard of Stuart, you're not sure where from, that's where, right? Yeah, yeah, that was us. That was uh, We Are Change L.A. I co-founded that group. It started out, uh, you know, there's that expression that, you know, first you, you feel the feeling, then you think the thought, then you talk the talk, and then you walk the walk. And when I had felt the feeling that something was wrong and, learned about what was going on, I gained enough knowledge. I wasn't comfortable not sharing it, not getting out in the world and doing something about it. Because, of course, as you know, uh, you know, being aware of of these machinations and not doing anything about it is you become party to it. And the only thing needed for evil to flourish uh, is for good people to stand by and do nothing. And I understood that innately. So I gravitated towards a group um, – of 9-11 truth activists and we started doing stuff and their meetings turned into big arguing festivals over you know whether there's planes or no planes or you know whether it's thermite or uh, particle beams or god only knows what so a core group of us who actually wanted to do something got together and we formed we are change la and the first thing we did was a video response to bill maher because uh, bill maher you know, had been the big comedian he was kind of the joe rogan you know, of, of that time, people went to him for news and whatnot. He really uh, was insulting to the 9-11 truth movement. So we did a comical, good-natured, in-your-face, back-at-you-big-guy type video, and it went absolutely mega-viral around the planet. Millions, millions of people watched it. It was one of the first first things to go viral, I believe, as far as uh, YouTube videos. And that kind of launched us. We were getting calls from around the world to do uh, interviews, and that propelled us into doing uh, direct confrontations, polite, good-natured, you know, the emperor wears no clothes type of situations. People would pay for us to go into $500 a plate, $500 a plate lunches for the LA World Affairs Council. I was able to confront the director of the Central Intelligence Agency politely but pointedly, uh, and all kinds of people like that. They're the head of the Council on Foreign Relations. Uh, you know, I was really upset after seeing uh, 
our mayor at the time, maybe it was just after he was mayor, Arnold Schwarzenegger wearing a Nazi SS death's head skull belt buckle on the cover of Time magazine with Bloomberg. And I researched it. It turned out it was accurate. And I confronted him. And the list went on and on. We went to Washington, D.C. and put peer-reviewed paperwork about nanothermite and controlled demolition, demolition into the hands of senators and congresspeople. And it was a rude awakening to see what bald-faced con artists these politicians are. So it's not surprising now, let me to me stop that you there all... because, uh, Stuart, it was a two-way rude awakening. They were getting a rude <laughs> awakening that the people knew and that were going to fight back and do something, number one. You're getting a yes. rude awakening because you're going, you know what, these thugs, I thought I was going to let them know something. They already know and they don't care, right? You're exactly right. No, it's, that was half of the... Uh, wake-up call for me, the second half of the wake-up call was after, okay, there's a situation here. A, these people were clearly just deceptive, you know, demons who, uh, you know, relied on subterfuge and con artistry. And then later I learned that a lot of people, once they become exposed to this information in the public, they didn't want to know, they weren't prepared to know, even if the facts were plain, you know, the the proof about 9/11, or you know, any of these, any of these situations that have happened, is, is pretty darn obvious. But people lack the. Well, I guess it's described very well that uh, it's easier to fool people than it is to get them to admit they've been fooled, and that has been the astonishing component to me. And nothing really has changed from 9/11 to this COVID rollout to this. You know, this big push, this endgame push for global tyranny and domination through con artistry. And that's a little bit challenging to deal with because I really was naive enough and ignorant enough in the beginning to think that, oh, if, if other people were exposed to the information I've been exposed to, they'll come around and they'll stand up and they will oppose this stuff. But, but, uh, but let me I'm stop just... you there, Stuart. You say you were ignorant, and, and I think you're a little hard on yourself, although I agree that it's, it's the lack of knowledge that can sink us all, right? But what I'm getting at is most people right now are currently in the shoes you were in then. They believe that society is good. They want society to be good. They believe that, A, the things that are going wrong, or maybe there's a couple of bad apples or bad guys, but for the most part... Things are on the up and up, and 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 it's hard to over. It's hard to cross that Rubicon yeah. into reality, isn't it? Yes, it is, and harder for some people than others. And I just have to accept that and not uh, not try to keep pushing to wake up somebody who's pretending to be asleep because it can't be done. If somebody who has just latched on to the fallacies, that's their choice. God bless them. That's, uh, well, we're going to continue well. to pray for them. We're going to continue to try to work to influence them. We're going to use all our efforts to stand for the sacred cause of liberty, ladies and gentlemen. My guest, Stuart Howell, he's a well-known talk show host on republicbroadcasting.org with his incredible weekend show, The White Rose Resistance Hour. We continue in seconds on Liberty Roundtable Live. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity 
to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. The Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The Foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing Foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various Foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3, founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. Live and on your radio, ladies and gentlemen, hard-hitting talk at your fingertips always. LibertyRoundTable.com, LovingLiberty.net, spread the word, tell the tale. Hard-hitting talk always at your fingertips. Our guest, Stuart Howell, uh, he got in the patriot movement by waking up on 9-11 going, what on earth has gone on? He started to dig, research, truth comes out, hey, we've been defrauded on this thing. It's a false flag. It's a sham. He then gets involved in We Are Change and starts We Are Change la uh and we are changed started before you got involved you just put together the uh la chapter right absolutely yeah that's true man big uh big props to luke radowski who started the original we are change out of new york and it was him speaking to the power standing up and calling out zignu brzezinski i believe it was uh you know he was just he was a young kid at the time in his 20s and he put a pointed question uh accusation slash question pointedly yet politely at a large meeting in New York, and he was literally chased out of the place. They tried to get his footage, and I thought, you know what? Knowing what I know now and coming to know more, if that young guy can do that, uh, I'm in. I want some of that because I saw how powerful it was. It just sent shockwaves through this room of 800 politicians and reporters and citizens, and I thought, you know what? I can do that. I need to get out there and do that. I need to be. Uh, I need to step out of the bleachers and onto the playing field. It's really a call out, a call for the halt of the con game, is what it is. Because these people meet in secret, and they've done so for decades, relatively peacefully, uh, and nobody calling uh, them on the carpet. You've got the media uh, in bed at these fine wine dinners and all this kind of crap, and. What you get is these guys basically cover up for it. I remember where I learned about this was in the early 90s. And there was a lot of talk show hosts that went on the White House lawn. And they literally did a broadcast fest from the White House. And so they were on the air and, you know, but then behind the scenes, they all had state dinner with George. And I remember going, are you kidding me right now? And none of these talk show hosts really reported it. Um, by choice, but if they were called out, they'd just be like, oh, yeah, George is graceful. The president and his lovely wife, graceful, nice, 
you know, people and stuff like that. Wow. And um, but they wouldn't really talk about. It. And then when it really got pushed to shove and we dug in, then the talk show host started saying, well, we've been sworn to secrecy. We're not allowed to talk about if we were if we accepted the invitation of the White House, we're not really allowed to discuss what went on there. And I'm going, wait a minute, you're a hard hitting talk show host. And you're telling me that you made a deal with the White House not to tell the tale. And that's when I kind of really realized, hey, man, this is a fraud. This is insanity, Stuart. Yes. Yes. And, you know, that's sort of to be expected to some degree, although it is a rude awakening. I agree to come face to face with it in the real world. But this uh, this deal with the media who's there ostensibly uh, as the fourth column of government to keep them in check. They've been masterfully, masterfully co-opted by our opposition, by the enemy. And so now none of the media, you know, will, uh, you know, whether it's television or newspapers or anybody will stand against this. And very few of them anyway. And if they do, it's generally in a limited way. And, you know, you make a very good point. It brought to mind while you were talking about it, uh, the Bilderberg Group, which I went and, you know, stood up against and uh, – in Chantilly, Virginia, now there is a group, basically the second, you know, outer layer of the steering committees that are steering all this stuff. Meet, you know, every every few years in uh, somewhere in the world, they've met several times in Chantilly, Virginia, and it was not only downplayed, it was outright uh, denied to exist by most of our media. And yeah, it, it is really an astounding thing to see the amount of cup cover-up and complicity that we see with uh, all of media and all of government. What we're going to see, ladies and gentlemen, is a greater lockdown if we don't push back. Okay, that's really what's happening, whether it be uh, vaccine mandates that are going to lock you down and keep you in your house, whether it's going to be the cocoa lies uh, and the quote, you know, um, I don't know what you want to call it, uh, all the way from complete lockdowns to... um, Oh, what's it called? Um, I don't know what whatever you want to call it. Complete lockdowns in society. Uh, what do they call that? Something law. Incarceration. Yeah, incarceration. But there's something law that they call it. Um, uh, anyway, I'll think of it. I'm, I'm sorry, yeah, I'm missing okay. a word here. Uh, either way, though, they're gonna push to lock us down. Whether whether it be climate change, they're gonna use. Whether it be uh, COVID or cocoa, they're gonna use. It's all based on lies. And they're gonna lock us down if we don't push back. And what I found fascinating is everybody loved We Are Change, but it didn't really continue enough, did it? No, and that was uh, that was astonishing to me. I thought, you know, since I had basically been oh, a martial martial law, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, martial law. There's what go. I was there's what I was looking for. I don't know why that word slipped my mind. I'm so sorry. Martial law, that's though, that's okay. what they're pushing for for all of us, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, continue, Stuart, because I believe that We Are Change is one of the keys to call a halt and wake people up, but it didn't really stick and last enough like I had hoped. Yeah, I was surprised not to see more people pick up the uh, the recipe and go and, and uh, face off and stand up against these people and be willing to say, you know, the emperor wears no clothes, no legitimacy to what you're telling us. You have no credibility and you don't have the authority to do these things. Now, I will say there's big exceptions to that now. I've seen some really, really encouraging footage. Uh, one, of, one of the clips came out of San Diego, California, I believe, where hundreds, two or three hundred citizens showed up at a city council meeting and took turns, each of them took three minutes, to just completely berate and uh, call out all of their, you know, representatives 
over this huge fraud that is this COVID nonsense and the vaccinations and the you know the, all of it basically like you said martial law and uh, it, that was encouraging to see we see people starting to be pushed to the point where they're you know being shoved out of their comfort zone and i think there's probably more of that sentiment than the media or the channels that our news comes to us in in many forms will let us be aware of i really think there is a large contingent of people that are just on the verge of being willing to speak up and act out because it's becoming more and more obvious that we need to. Well, and I think you're right. And the reason that I spend so much time on We Are Change, even though, uh, you know, it seems like it's kind of fallen out of favor to some degree. Listen carefully, ladies and gentlemen, to what I'm about to say. Founded by Luke Rakowski, We Are Change is a nonpartisan, that's critical to understand, independent media organization comprised of individuals and groups working to expose corruption worldwide. Okay, that is a stellar mission, ladies and gentlemen. We need that big time. And the reason that I'm bringing it up now is now that everybody's willing to yell, let's go Brandon and whatever else, which I'm not in favor of, uh, because I don't believe it does anything. I just think it, it, it lets us go to the moral low ground as we say, F the president or whatever. I don't think it does us any good at all. It's just a disaster, a waste of time. They love to bait us into things that don't make any difference but yet let us kind of vent, if you will. We need to do things like We Are Change that literally exposes fraud and creates accountability and starts discussions. When Stewart walks in as We Are Change and, and finds out that, hey, the, the Terminator is really a Nazi, is really an enemy of the people and a communist or whatever, you kind of go, wait a minute now, hold on, and people wake up. And then there's discussions if he ever runs for office or whoever he backs for office. You start to have discussions um, that end up on the campaign stage, like Ron Paul with the Federal Reserve and this kind of stuff. You, you get a chance to bring this out in the public and, and investigate it. And the truth, the light, the cockroaches scramble. Okay, that's what we're talking about, right, Stuart? Absolutely, yeah. Getting the cockroaches to scramble. And until people see it, well, I'll just speak for myself, until I saw it, until I saw Luke Radowski just stand up as a good-natured young man uh, and, you know, citizen and just say, hey, your lies don't hold water and uh, you don't represent us and it's all BS and we know it's all BS. Yeah, I'm paraphrasing, of course. I didn't, I didn't see that as a, a way to go. But once I saw it, it struck a chord in me. And other people have had that chord struck in them. You obviously have. And, and so I want to bring that to other people. I try to speak the truth to my ability every situation I'm in, which has cost me family. I don't get invited to Thanksgiving anymore. Uh, it's cost me friends. It's cost me jobs. It's cost me relationships. But I have the comfort of knowing that I am living in a state of wanting the truth and wanting to live the truth to the best of my ability. And that is really comforting. I, I don't need the Porsches anymore. I don't need the, you know, the ocean view place with the you know, 9-11 in the driveway. It'd be nice to have them back, but it needs to be built on top of this foundation of, uh, of decency and liberty and honesty and, you know, being a good citizen uh, and doing was expected, you know, by God and by, you know, the laws of, of nature and the universe to be yeah, part of the Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, the 9-11 false flag <laughs> created the yeah. non-need for the 9-11 in the driveway, ladies and gentlemen. That's how Stuart woke up, and you can wake up too, ladies and gentlemen. How do you wake up and not be woke? I'm just trying to figure that out.
You can become a truth teller. Let's say it like that. Stuart Howe has become one of those. Not only was he with We Are Change LA, but now he's the host of the White Rose Resistance Hour on republicbroadcasting.org every Saturday night. Quick pause. Exposing corruption. Informing citizens. Pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pry. New unemployment numbers from the Labor Department were just released. The number of Americans seeking first-time jobless benefits dropped again last week. Initial filings for unemployment benefits seen as a proxy for layoffs fell to 269,000. That's down 14,000 from the prior week's level. The Occupational Safety and Hazard Administration, or OSHA, is giving employers with more than 100 employees a January 4th deadline to comply with President Biden's COVID-19 vaccine mandate and threatening thousands of dollars in fines for defiant businesses. Considering an airborne virus outside of a hospital environment a work hazard is a first for the agency. Separate from OSHA, the Center for Medicaid and Medicare Services are issuing a rule to require health workers in facilities that participate in Medicare and Medicaid be fully vaccinated. The CMS rule also goes into effect January 4th. This is USA Radio News. With confusion around vaccinations, masks, and public screenings, it's important to know the symptoms of COVID and its variants. Fever is the leading sign, so make sure to use an accurate thermometer for your family. Only the Exergen Temporal Scanner Thermometer has been proven accurate with more than 100 clinical studies. Non-contact thermometers have no clinical evidence behind them and cannot be relied on. Be vigilant and be accurate with Exergen. Learn more at Exergen.com. Exergen is changing the way the world takes temperature. From city streets to back roads. From road warrior to carpooler. There are some things you can always count on. Like the reliability, durability, and power of Die Hard. America's most trusted auto battery. No matter where your journey takes you, count on Die Hard to get you started on the road ahead. Available at your local Advance Auto Parts and participating CarQuest stores. Although a recount has been requested... It looks as if the governor's mansion in New Jersey will not have a new occupant. Thank you, New Jersey! No, that's not Bruce Springsteen, but it is the newly re-elected New Jersey governor, Democrat Phil Murphy, celebrating last night after Tuesday's election results finally came into focus. It appears he has won with a lead of under 20,000 votes over the Republican challenger, Jack Chitterelli, a New Jersey assembly member. Governor Murphy celebrating... The first Democratic governor re-elected in the great state of New Jersey since my dear friend, the late Governor Brendan Byrne, did this in 1977. In the New England Bureau of USA Radio News, I'm Chris Barnes. The company Smartmatic filed separate defamation lawsuits against Newsmax and One America News Network Wednesday, accusing the networks of knowingly peddling disinformation about its voting technology during the 2020 presidential election. They say a disinformation campaign harms Smartmatic's business model. USA Radio News. Live on your radio, ladies and gentlemen, vote fraud all over the country. You can tell they're melting down all of a sudden uh, in what New Jersey. <laughs> they just had this guy. <laughs> he was way behind, then all of a sudden, magically, just like Joe Biden, voila. <laughs> now, now he's the new guy in office, and no one's supposed to question how that all happened. It's just, I mean, I don't mean to be rude, ladies and gentlemen. It's almost comical. 
Uh, but just imagine if we had We Are Change folks confronting folks about vote fraud everywhere. It can be done peacefully. It can be done kindly. It can be done professionally, but it must be done. Ladies and gentlemen, Stuart Howell with me. And he was with We Are Change LA. Now he does an incredible show on republicbroadcasting.org called the White Rose Resistance Hour. Doing a great job on your radio every weekend. Um, do you have a website to promote where people can get it during the week and listen on demand too, Stuart? Yeah, absolutely. That would just be RBN, republicbroadcasting.org. All right, and you can look for the White Rose Resistance Hour. Archives are there all the time, uh, and so check that out. Uh, but, Stuart, this is really interesting. I think we need to re-hour change now. And I mentioned right before the pause the um, chants, you know, let's go Brandon and whatever else. Those chants are worthless, uh, and I think they just degrade us, yeah. and we lose the moral high ground. But if you do the We Are Change plan, you actually make a difference and expose uh, criminals for who they really are, and that's kind of key. Um, so I'm hoping we can have a resurgence of We Are Change. Do you think it's possible? I do. I think uh, we've seen that to a bit, and I think we'll see more of it. And because you hit the nail on the head, absolutely, Sam. This needs to be done uh, peacefully, respectfully, and I would add with a sense of humor because that is one thing they cannot counter. When you ridicule them for how over-the-top ridiculous these attempts are to lie and deceive people, they, they have no response. And I, I laughed in, uh, in, in the face of um, presidential speech writer David Frum, arch-neocon David Frum, on camera basically just called him out for uh, you know, met being a member of the Project for a New American Century, that, you know, the PNAC gang that uh, wrote the white paper about what they needed to have happen on 9-11, uh, you know, a year before 9-11. He said they needed a, they said they needed a catastrophic and catalyzing event like a new Pearl Harbor. And I just laughed in his face on film. And he was so perplexed and befuddled and angry, he got up and assaulted me, hit me three times with a water bottle. And I just kept laughing. And there's nothing they can do, you know, if you are, uh, you know, a little bit eloquent, a little bit, uh, you know, uh, peaceful, respectful, and uh, with humor. And uh, yeah, well, and, and not only that, it research. takes a little bit of knowledge, though, too. Though you got to walk in with a little bit of understanding of the of the issues that you're confronting, so that you don't get made a fool of. So you got to have a little bit of knowledge uh, beneath it. And that's why you could just simply laugh, is because you had the knowledge uh, when he tried to play games and try to get the upper hand. To where he just kind of melted down, right? Yeah, it's, it's undeniable. Yeah, what you're saying is very true. You know what you're talking about. A good example of that was I was able to go into the L.A. World Affairs Council and confront Michael V. Hayden, General Michael Hayden. Uh, he was the head of the NSA on 9-11, and he was the standing director of the Central Intelligence Agency when I confronted him at a huge gala, you know, $500 plate. Uh, luncheon or whatever it was, and I did my research. I knew what I was talking about. I was able to access the writings uh, in uh, of one of the one of their publications, uh, Atlantic something, where the the CFR writes, uh, you know, their white papers and articles. And uh, I was able to pull up on their website the text from a speech that he gave, Michael Hayden gave in Germany, where he quoted the. Uh, the German defense minister about how to get around the constitution. And I was able to hold on. Stop for a minute. Think about that, ladies and gentlemen, and nobody knows about it, but we are change exposes it. Think about what kind of accountability that creates. Think about what kind of transparency that demands. Think about what kind of appropriate precursor 
to prosecution for criminal activities by these people. They have sworn an oath, ladies and gentlemen, before God, that they will uphold the supreme law of the land. And now he's literally educating on how to undermine the very thing he swore to uphold. Sir, you're talking about treason now. Absolutely. And he thought he could distance himself from that sentiment and from those, uh, you know, attempts to get around the Constitution by not stating it as his own idea, but as quoting, well, I believe it was Wolfgang Schauber, the head of the German Defense Ministry. And he was speaking to a group of his, uh, you know, his cohorts at the Council on Foreign Relations. But if you want to know what's going on, you can do a little bit of, you know, I'm not the smartest guy in the world. And I just, you know, thought I'm going to go look and see what their internal documents what they say to each other behind closed doors and it was on their website and i confronted him with that and he was flabbergasted in front of this room of hundreds of people he got quiet and then he said well you've certainly done your research on the council on foreign relations so you know there you go i mean me a surfer from venice beach stopped him in his tracks and uh you know the head of the cia basically uh you know gave me a little compliment there uh on my intel so, you know, it's not that difficult. And I encourage everybody to learn what they can, know what they're talking about. And I think a lot of people are doing just that. There are a lot of people that can tell you why it's not a good idea to line up and take this injection that's being passed off as a vaccine. You know, there's a lot of people that have done their due diligence in certain areas where they're motivated to. And they can apply that to these, you know, larger issues. So when they have a conversation, they can be polite and calm and maybe have a sense of humor and respectfully put some some facts out, you know, some uh, some facts that have been gained when discernment so they can help other people, you know, come to good conclusions and, and take good action. I know that Rand Paul is not we are changed, but on the Senate floor, he certainly acts like we are changed when he exposes Fauci for his criminal activity, caught him in a lie of gain of function yeah. research, doubled down, brought out the docs, proved the point. Uh, now we realize Fauci's a criminal and must be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. And Rand Paul has literally pushed for uh, a criminal prosecution. So he sent a criminal complaint forward. It's not enough. We need to confront Anthony Fauci everywhere. We need to be polite. I'm not advocating for any violence. Don't play games and say that I am. That's a lie. Uh, but I am saying that, look, we need to basically get the truth out and find out where people stand. I like a lot of the on-the-street interviews, too, where we find out what Americans know and don't know about things uh, that some of the people have been doing on-the-street interviews as well. So we are change I'm hoping can come back somehow because we really need to get these people on record. And that's really the point, putting them on record, um, either lying so we can prosecute them for their lies and or admitting the truth. Uh, either way, though, it exposes truths that must have the light shined on them. Stuart? Absolutely. And, the, you know, the other side of that, I completely agree with you, is we need more people like Rand Paul in positions uh, to be able to do something about it. Also bring back rule of law, because it's one thing to expose this stuff. But if it gets exposed and there's no accountability, it just becomes normalized. And that's the last thing we want. Like all of these revelations about uh, pedophilia and criminality at the highest levels, whether it's Biden's laptop or or all this stuff, there needs to be, uh, we need to bring back rule of law. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm not advocating for uh, uh, guillotines on the White House lawn, but I mean, we really need to see, you know, uh, we need to see the Clintons in jail. <laughs> then we'll know we're moving in the right direction. 
because I, although I love Rand Paul and, of course, Ron Paul, who I've met with and talked with a couple of times, there needs to be uh, a resurgence of rule of law in the infrastructure that allows for prosecution. So all this needs to happen. You're exactly right. When citizens need to get out there, but I think a lot of our politicians need to, you know, uh, you know have their backbones replaced and grow a set, um, you know, and get on with it. I'm very fortunate to be in North Idaho currently, and we have great legislators up here and great sheriff, and uh, I'd like to see these people in the seats of power that can help the rule of law have a resurgence, uh, you know, become encouraged by seeing each other standing up. And I think we're moving in that direction out of necessity. Yes, we are, ladies and gentlemen. Stuart Howell with me. He's with the right White Rose Resistance Hour, and it's on republicbroadcasting.org every Saturday afternoon. Uh, you can check that out, and then, of course, it's on demand at republicbroadcasting.org uh, anytime. You can listen anytime you want to the archives, download them, or click to listen live and more. How did you then decide to get into radio? Let's talk about that. Oh, that's interesting. You know, I was, uh, when this whole COVID nonsense rolled out, I was living in Pahrump, Nevada, a little town, and everything locked down. Everybody put masks on, and there was such a high degree of uh, compliance to what was, to me, you know, I had, you know, been to the rodeo before with 9-11 and other things. I just thought, oh, my God, we're doomed. People are going along with this nonsense. And I was uh, looking for inspiration on the Internet, and I came along uh, across uh, a monthly newsletter b written by uh, Heather Scott, uh, State Representative Heather Scott. Yeah, from Idaho. Of, we know uh, her Idaho. well. She is awesome. And I read this newsletter, and I thought, oh, my God, the spirit of honesty and decency in politics is not – it's not done. And she talked about how her county had, uh, you know, sheriffs that were constitutional. And, and this was all going on in North Idaho. And I, and I looked into North Idaho. I looked into Sandpoint, this particular county where she was and the sheriff was. I thought, I got to get there. I got to go there. And that's where I landed. I basically just came up here and, you know, found a job through Craigslist and started a new life up here. And I'll tell you, man, it is really great being around like-minded people. I don't see almost anybody wearing a mask. Most All right, stay there, Stuart. Stuart Howell, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Interesting. He started radio in Prump, Nevada. That's where he kind of decided to start radio. Uh, that's where Art Bell was broadcast. The spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today and gift ideas like the 2021 Real Buckaroo Calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Well, my mom smokes and my dad smokes and I saw them smoking, so I tried it. They're telling me not to smoke, but they smoke themselves. When it comes to smoking, are you sending mixed signals? But when you teach someone a certain way to do things and you go back on that certain way, it sends mixed signals to the person that they're trying to teach. The parents need to be the example. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Dad, can you make him stop? Honey, he needs to practice. He's been at it an hour. Well, just trying to be patient. Dad, it sounds like a cat calling for help or something. Worse, a basement full of cats. Yeah, 
You know, hon, it is a little hard on the ears. Not you, too. Well, maybe we can all play a game. Andrew, do you want to play a board game? Uh, how about we watch a video? Hide and seek? Oh, I don't know. I give up. Maybe we could all just sneak out of the house. Honey, he's nine years old. We can't leave him home alone. And we can make him practice with a sock. Well, I guess we'll have to get some ice cream. Did I hear someone say ice cream? Family, isn't it about time? Oh, I see the practice hasn't hurt your ears. Well, I'm a serious musician. Funny that you never seem to get better on that thing. Works every time. From the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Hey, uh, where did all these cats come from? All right, ladies and gentlemen, back with you live. Hard-hitting talk always at your fingertips. LibertyRoundTable.com. Spread the word. Tell the tale. LovingLiberty.net, our syndicated radio network. So, ladies and gentlemen, Governor Newsom, where the heck is Gavin? People are asking. I know this is a slight change <laughs> from uh, what we're talking about right now, but I want to insert this news before the end of the hour. Where the heck is Gavin? Governor Newsom disappears. For 11 days following booster jab. So the guy gets the cocoa jab. I don't mean to laugh at him. But ladies and gentlemen, this just highlights that they're lying to you about how safe and effective it is. Okay? This guy literally takes the booster jab, and now he hasn't been seen in 11 days. Everybody's going, hey, man, have you seen the governor? Where the heck's Gavin? What's going on? Well, the guy took a cocoa booster, and now he doesn't want to be seen anywhere. Is he all right? I don't mean to mock if he's really uh, in, in health trouble. But this just highlights the criminal activity and the dishonesty that has been peddled by the mainstream press in bed with Fauci and crew. This is insanity, ladies and gentlemen. When would we let a governor just disappear for 11 days? Back in the day, a governor is missing for a day or two, and we're like, where is he? Oh, he's in Argentina with an affair kind of stuff. Now it's 11 days. No one seemed to be even hollering about it at all. Stuart? Yeah, I don't know. Who's having Gavin? I, I haven't seen the guy. I, who? Oh, yeah, I mean. Yeah, <laughs> and so I think we, need, we are changed. We are changed. needs to go ask <laughs> some of the staff members when they're walking into the staff building, where the heck's Gavin? I'll tell you what. You know, I'd like to win the lottery and get a, a little a van and, uh, you know, have a little camper and just show up everywhere I can with a camera and a little posse and get back into that. It's, it's a funding thing. You know, if there's anybody out there that wants to write a large check, man, I will go back into it in a second. In a second, I would do that. Yeah, we'll work on helping him syndicate his show from the road. We'll have him on about 10 <laughs> or 15 God. shows that are all patriots across the country. That's Wherever right. he shows up somewhere, man, he'll show up in some place. Uh, and then we'll basically say, hey, you know what? Stewart's in town. Here's what's going on. We'll get little updates yeah. on all our talk shows across the country. It could be incredible, ladies and gentlemen, but I agree. It's, it's all a funding uh, difficulty right now for a lot of things, not just this example, but we need a lot of funding. But you've managed to move to Idaho now, northern Idaho. You're around like-minded patriots, as you were saying, and you were telling us how you created the White Rose Resistance Hour, right? Yeah, actually, um, I found I found out about uh, Heather Scott and the constitutional sheriffs up here, and I came up here. And once I got up here, I was actually I had a friend pay me uh, for a month to be an activist, and he I was going to uh, you know door to door and putting up flyers about the mask, and I was going to city council meetings and school board meetings that were being uh, taped on video, and standing up and basically saying, you know, the emperor wears no clothes. This is a fraud. 
if you look at the PCR, you know, assay that's being called a test, you know, the, the, the person that invented, invented it, Carrie Mullis, says this can't be used as a test, it's fraudulent, it holds no water. And I spent a month doing that, and then I found out that Ingrid Cassell uh, had a radio show. Her husband had, had a large newspaper up here. Got to know her at, uh, at uh, peoplesrights.org meetings. And she said, hey, there's an hour opening up on RBN, on Republic Broadcasting. You should go online and submit an application to have a radio show. And that was the last thing you know I had thought of doing. But I was getting such a charge out of being reinvigorated in North Idaho, uh, you know, after several years of not doing anything with We Are Change LA, that I put in an application. And one day I met a coffee, a loud coffee house, and John Stadmuller called. Uh, you know, God rest his soul. Rest in peace, John. And uh, I was gruff with him because I didn't know who it was. It was an out-of-state area code. And he was kind of gruff with me. We kind of grumbled back and forth. And he said, okay, send us some bumper music, and you're going to go on next Saturday. I said, okay, here we go. And so I've been on the air. I've done 40 episodes of the White Rose Resistance Hour, which is, of course, uh, an homage to the White Rose Resistance to uh, Hitler in the late 30s, uh, early 40s uh, in Germany. And I was very inspired by them, a group of college students. So, yeah, it's been an interesting ride. I've had great guests, including Heather Scott and Ammon Bundy and yourself and other, you know, wonderful guests. And I get to share that with people. And, it, you know, it lights the fire. It stokes the fires in my heart to bring, uh, you know, some light to, uh, you know, our situation and our need to return to rule of law and a constitutional republic. And, yeah, it's been really fun. It's been a wild ride. So thank you, Sam. I want to talk about resistance hour because you think, ladies and gentlemen, that's hostile in your face. Da, da, da. When you think about the White Rose resistance hour, though, and you kind of hail back to that historical reference and reality check, uh, it's quite different. That was not a hostile movement against Hitler, though. Uh, it was a peaceful intent, wasn't it? It was. It was very much uh, intellectual and philosophical and good-hearted and good-natured. It was started by... Uh, brother and sister, uh, Sophie Scholl and Hans Scholl, and a few of their college friends at the University of Munich in the late 30s, 38 or 39. And they wrote up uh, six and then a seventh leaflet and distributed them clandestinely through the university system. And, you know, they uh, tagged walls and did graffiti to resist totalitarianism. And although we've been lied to about... Um, you know, a lot of what went on in World War II and Hitler, uh, it was very much statism and very much not representative government and very much oppressive, and it was not a good thing, and they knew it, and they intellectually and in a good-natured, philosophical way stood in direct opposition to that. And so that's what I, I've been wanting to pay respects to and to bring back that good-natured lack of compliance, you know, with authoritarianism and with forms of government that aren't uh, you know, representative government and don't have the restraint of a constitution. You know, ladies and gentlemen, they want you to believe that we're the ones that are involved in what's called civil disobedience or whatever, as if somehow they're the authority and we're being disobedient to their civil authority. This is where it's all wrong. That's why I love the White Rose Resistance Hour and the idea of the White Rose Resistance, because it says, look, you guys are the criminals. We're going to expose you as criminals. We're going to do it with the liberties that we have. And yes, if you take away our liberties, it might be against the, quote, law, but it's not really against God's law. It's not really against the laws of liberty and the laws of understanding that 
government authority comes and is derived from the consent of the governed. That's kind of the difference here that we need to really articulate. Because who's who in this battle is the point, Stuart. Yeah, very true. You know, we are basically a counter coup. We are not looking to overthrow the government. We're just looking to weed the criminals out of the government structure and return it to a rule of law and a representative uh, governmental situation restrained by the enumerated powers in the case of the federal government uh, of, uh, of the Constitution. You know, uh, all the stuff they're doing, I mean, it was, lies way outside of the realm of what they are empowered by the people, as you very well point out, to do, which is print some currency, keep our borders secure, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> that's they're like you know I think there are four four things that the you know, federal government is supposed to do. And at the bottom of it all, I'd like to you know kind of say it's very important that at the root of all this is that you know they get their power, as you said, from us, from we the people, and they are not a ruling class. Now they are representative of we the people. We are our own uh, you know authorities. We are each other's you know we we are the supreme. Uh, sovereign individuals in this nation. They are not our overlords. Then they want to return us to a, a feudal society with the governing ruling class and then a peasant class. And that's exactly what they're trying to do. And it's not okay. And we're just not going to let them get away with it. All right, Stuart, do you know who Helmuth Hubner is? The name rings a bell, but no, I don't. All right. Helmuth Hubner, ladies and gentlemen, was a youth in Hitler's Germany. In Wikipedia, there's an article on it to kind of catch you up on who he is. But he lived from 1925 to 1942. He was a German youth who was executed at age 17. He got beheaded for his opposition to the Nazi regime. Uh, anyway, he was involved in, quote, the German resistance and did a phenomenal job and gave his life for the cause. Well, two of his friends lived to tell more of the tale and eventually came to the United States. It's a very fascinating, riveting story along the lines of your, what your whole talk show uh, intends to mirror, if you will. Awesome. That is awesome. All right. Anyway, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That's really important to kind of understand. All right, what do you have for final thoughts for us? What do you plan to do in the future with your show? And, man, I hope we can find funding to get you on the road. Yeah, I'd like to do more of that. I'll tell you what, it is a bit of a selfish indulgence. Uh, it became sport for me to track down and confront these criminals. I mean, I love being able to stand up out of the CIA or the governor or whoever it was, a congressperson or senator, and in a good-natured way, call them out on their atrocious BS. And I would love to do more of that, whether it's on the air or you know, my preference would be, you know, to be able to drive to state capitals, to go to the scene of events that are unfolding, to be, you know, there to tell the truth about what's going on with the next false flag. I'd like to be able to show up uh, at a Las Vegas-style shooting or a Pulse nightclub, you know, event and be able to just really report on what's going on on the ground. But that takes, uh, you know, that takes funding. That takes the ability to have a you know, a little caravan, a nice laptop, a decent camera, and maybe a partner. I'd love to have Casey Whalen, you know, partner up with Casey Whalen, who has a wonderful uh, YouTube channel called North Idaho Exposed, and he is a model citizen journalist. In fact, he is basically uh, We Are Change North Idaho. If, if he were to change his name, he would be a stellar example of We Are Change, but he just doesn't call himself that. So, yeah, that's what I'd like to do. I'd like to stay in it and let things unfold, you know, through God's 
magnificent you know way of uh, having things come together and uh, getting back on the front lines because it certainly is needed. If you had 20 seconds, you could, you could say anything to the world that you wanted to say. What would you say? Uh, I love you and follow your, your good-natured higher self. Be bold. Uh, you know, we're going to have defeats and we're going to have victories, but few victories can rival the initial victory of parting company with your fellow spectators and stepping into the arena and in whatever way that means to you, you know, whether it's speaking up at a discussion around the water cooler at work or getting to a, a school board meeting to tell the people that at that meeting that you're not going to allow your children to be vaccinated or injected or wear a mask or what, whatever it is, you know, have the, uh, the courage, take a shot, you know, get involved. And once you feel that, it's one thing to think about it and have the fear of doing it initially. But what I've found and what most people find is once you really walk through the fear and do it, you feel this wonderful sense of empowerment and that you're on the on God's team, that you're you're definitely doing the work of, of a good hearted citizen. And I just encourage everybody to step out of their comfort zone and to not comply. Ladies and gentlemen, I know it's hard to do. You feel like, man, that's just not my deal to talk about politics or to talk about religion. You know, I was always taught not to. We, ladies and gentlemen, have a liberty discussion here. It's not politics. It's moral. And this moral discussion says I need to stand up and preserve liberty, not only for myself, but for those around me and for future generations. This isn't something that we can shrink from. This is something that we must act in our generation, in our time. We must be at the right place in the right time to make a difference for the sacred cause of liberty. Get on your knees and ask God how you fit in, then get up and go to work. Stuart Howell, thank you so much for your time, sir. My pleasure, Sam. Thank you for having me on. It was a great hour. It went by too fast. I'm happy to come on any time that you like. We'll have you back. Stuart, ladies and gentlemen, is host of the White Rose Resistance Hour. It's every Saturday afternoons on the Republic Broadcasting Radio Network. Republicbroadcasting.org for the live show every weekend and on demand anytime that fits your schedule. There he goes, Stuart Howell, doing a phenomenal job, ladies and gentlemen. And I, Sam Bushman, along with Stuart, say, we the people, along with the grace of the Almighty, can and will restore our grand old republic. But you got to get involved. Make it a great day and choose the right, will you? This nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America.